Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spin Posh Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm Ryan Sawinski. And I'm Bartek. I. Yeah. Excellent. And we are both spit and polished, likingly because we are always spitting. And yes, 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 it has been like a gajillion episodes, but we are still both Polish. Hence, we're spit and polished, you know. And we present Unappreciated Masterpieces. Bartek. For those not in the know, for those kids on the block that didn't get to join the party. There can't be too many, right? There's only a few. Um, what is it that we do? What's an unappreciated masterpiece? What is all this stuff that our podcast covers and is, is about? Well, I'm assuming that everyone who's clicked play on this video has noticed how very long this uh, recording is. It's long enough. It's long enough, yeah. Look at, the, look at those digits, Ryan. I love digis. So a lot of the, a lot of you guys might be thinking, oh, the leftmost number is like the minute, the middle is the seconds, and the last one's like the milliseconds. But no, 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 no. The left one is the hours. <gasps> Are we? Is this an episode that goes for like eight hours? <laughs> I mean, look, they they think they thought it might have been like two minutes, but you know, it could be two hours actually. I don't want to. I don't want to pigeonhole us down to that. <laughs> What do you mean, Ryan? We can see, we can look down and see how long this episode is. Oh, it, oh my God! I didn't realize that we that that hour lunch break really cut into the time. Yeah. Anyway, you've noticed how long it is. So it's like, what could they possibly be doing? What are these unappreciated masterpieces? Well, what we are doing is we are going to be talking not just during a feature-length film, but also before and after. This is the before part. Oh. And with us talking during the feature-length film which we are going to play later on, we are going to be discussing why that film is one of the greatest films ever made. And that film is an unappreciated masterpiece. What we mean by unappreciated masterpieces are films that have been either forgotten by society, looked down on by society, or just fallen out of the mainstream and into the obscure. Wow, and that's that's just tragic. And this month, for October, we are covering movies that uh, explore the darker nature of the world, the darker nature of man. Horror movies, spooky movies, thrillers, those kind of films. So we're covering a, a movie in this episode that is going to be falling into some of those categories. Bartek, what, what, what kind of movie that falls into those categories could be unappreciated as well. Well, Ryan, there are many films that could fall into that category and be unappreciated as well. Things like, you know, Wolf Creek 2, The oh, Boy God. Next Door, oh, well, yeah, Red Riding Hood. Yeah, but we then... covered those, so they're no longer oh, unappreciated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just, I'm just, you know, pave, well, not paving the path, but saying, hey guys, there's a path there that we just walked down on. Last year we did it, this year we're doing it again. We've already done one episode of the spooky month 2017 on Land of the Dead. Now we're gonna move on from one popular director to oh, yeah. another popular director slash work that has a popular name attached to it. And that is Lunatitsu. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, 
I already know that you're gonna say no Ryan on this, but it sounded like you said Lunatitsu. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds great. It's I'm already... <laughs> no, 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 no. It's Lunatitsis. <laughs> I'm already on board. I'm already on board <laughs> for the movie about Tits about tits about the moon. <laughs> <laughs> tits about the moon. I'm already about tits in the on the moon. Um Who's starring in tit- Luna Titsy? I, I think... I don't know. I think one of the slang terms for tits and pollen is like titsky, but... Oh my god! So, we're not covering boobs on, on the moon in this episode, but but I don't speak Polish, which is, I'm assuming, what you're speaking in, oh, or you are actually saying Luna Titsy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm already on board for this movie. It's like lunacy, but... You know, I'm already loony about <laughs> Luna Titsy. You know, like I can see the poster right now. I know you'll be it'll be a woman's chest wearing kind of like that sci-fi bra, like that bra that's made of like that sci-fi costuming that's just like foil, Ref- reflective silvery. Stuff. Yeah, reflective silvery stuff, and and, and, and tattooed too. in like glitter tattoo kind of sci-fi writing. On each breast, on one breast it says Luna, and the other says Titsu, and then it says like the lead actress who's starring as Luna Titsu. <laughs> it could also be tits on our favorite gang from GTA Two, the Loonies. No, no, everyone's favorite gang. No, no, it'll be like um, yeah, yeah, Luna Titsu, and it'll just be like Kim Kardashian is Luna Titsu, and it's like no. <laughs> so for the audience at home. I was speaking Polish. I accidentally made the mistake again. Again. You know, like that, a, I, that you think I speak Polish. It's like, Polish. what, the fifth time I made this mistake? Yeah, it's only like three 86th. times. 86th. Yeah, th- three, three times, Max. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. The English title, I believe, is Sleepwalkers. Oh my god, Sleepwalkers, the Stephen King classic? Yeah. Sleepwalkers? Uh-huh. You mean the movie that has Mark Hamill in it? Mm-hmm. I fucking love Sleepwalkers. Top billing, yeah. Sleep <laughs> Sleepwalkers is one of the sleepy best. Not, a, not an uncredited cameo. Top billing. Top billing? Was he really? No. Imagine. <laughs> so, guys, usually we have a guest, but spoiler alert: we don't have a guest this episode, and it's a very simple reasoning of why we don't have a guest is because we invited Bartek's good friend. A cat, because Bartek has all of these friends that are cats. And you know what the thing is that we've learned about cats on the show? We've covered a movie called Nine Lives once, and we've had movies with cats in them. Mm-hmm. Cats are very, and in Sleepwalkers, we're going to be covering cats. They're very unreliable when it comes to podcasts, you yeah. know? Like, like we asked this cat to come on the podcast. They said meow, and we thought that meant meow, yes. Yeah. And it meant meow, no. And we didn't know that until 10 minutes before the show started. And that, and that's why we have no meow guest. Yeah, meow. It's very tragic. Meow. Yeah. <laughs> so, get your copy ready, because you're going to be watching this with us. You're going to have a legal copy of Sleepwalkers on you, because I imagine everyone has a nice, tender, legal copy of Sleepwalkers, the Stephen King classic, right up there in his catalogue of work. <laughs> catalogue. Get it? Yeah. Meowalog. So I'm gonna do a countdown of three, one, two, one, play, and you're gonna press. Doing cat. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> you can say play. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> and you're gonna press play when I say play. So get ready because we're gonna start in this in three, 
two, one, play. Yeah. Uh, you did the meow then. Yeah, I know, because you didn't count down from meow. So, Columbia Pictures are involved in this. It was made in Columbia? It was made in pictures. Oh. Uh, still images. The thing about film, Bartek, is they're made from a series of still images. Called Fremes. That's exactly it. And I don't even speak French, and I knew that's what he was saying. Yeah, you are saying frames. Fra- frames, yeah. And this film is very good in the fact that it has, from the first edition in 1884, a meaning for what sleepwalkers are. Because a lot of people, Bartek, are going to walk into a film like Sleepwalkers, where the main antagonistic or protagonistic, d- depends your point of view, mm. figures are called Sleepwalkers and are creatures of Sleepwalkers. And a lot of people, if they didn't know the de- dictionary definition, which a lot oh, of people yeah, don't they'll know. They'll be like, oh, I've seen Popeye. Yeah, They're thinking the like, oh, this is going to be a movie about people with sleeping conditions that make them walk around and stuff. You know, like... Oh, is this a movie where Mark Hamill, who's already in it, by uh, by the way, with a great mustache and combed hair, uh, are going to say, oh, is this a movie about someone who sleepwalks and murders cats and little girls and Mark Hamill's on the case? No. No, you, you fools. It's Stephen King. He's above that. It's about creatures that are feline creatures that are also people. Humanoid Felines, Humanoid felines yeah. that suck on the energy force, the life force of virginal women, yeah. specifically young. Wikipedia described them as energy vampires or something. They're energy vampires who are also cats but are afraid of cats. Because cats can kill them with a scratch. And Mark Hamill... Many scratches, yeah. <laughs> it's it specifically said, a scratch of a cat. And I'm like, well, one will do. Mark Hamill's here to investigate the case. And he's already said... Shit, and look, a bunch of dead cats. If you don't like dead cats, this isn't your film. There's blood everywhere, and it has Bartek. The movie already starts. There's fresh blood, animals dead everywhere, and the other cop bravely says something along the lines of, yeah, it looks like this place has been has been empty for 100 years. And then Mark Hamill snaps back, well, it hasn't. Mm. Classic Stephen King dialogue, because Stephen King goes at one step above everyone else. He says... No, I don't want a sleepwalking murderer story. I want feline humans that are in an incestual relationship who want to rape a young, beautiful virgin woman for life energy forces. And, you know, with film... In fact, with any creative work, conveyance is always one of the most important things that you need to bring about. So... Oh, my God, jump scare cat. Oh, thank God. This one has jump scares? I'm very scared because that was scary. Yeah, jump scare cats are really... Oh my god, that woman screamed while she fell dead. But that was scary. It was jumpy scare. But, so I was talking about conveyance. Yeah. I think that it is, you know, very innovative and very intelligent of this film to open up with a dictionary definition. Mm. So that you can convey to us, hey, you're walking in thinking this is going to be, you know, olive oil walking on buildings that are under construction... But very, very but, obvious reference. But then you see that was the that, and I had one next to it. That was the first definition of that word. This is the kind of sleepwalker that we're about. It'd be like if Baby's Day Out opened with a dictionary definition of, of ba- what a baby is. Of, yeah, no, no, no. Of <laughs> Baby's Day Out, it's like <laughs> film about a baby in danger, not growing large. A lot mm. of people would, you know, yeah, not you... be disappointed by a baby not growing large. You know what I love about. 
Stephen King adaptations or movies, mm-hmm. a lot of them, not all of them, of course, but a lot of them keep the font that was on the book yeah. as the font for the title of the movie, like this one. Okay. You, now, this was an unpublished story. Mm-hmm. I'll get that straight off the gate, but out the gate, but or off it. Get off my gate. Um, you could tell that's the kind of font that he would have on his book for Sleepwalkers with the claw marks going into the W and all of that. Like it's something he would have okay. in it. Dan Martin doing a good job. I, I'll just probably say right now that I've never read a Stephen King book. Oh, classic! I want that image on my wall. Of a breastfeeding Catwoman. Not the, not the DC Catwoman. Don't. I didn't specify. <laughs> well, dictionary definition, Ryan. I want that one too. <laughs> this one, <laughs> yeah, of ty- leopard s- with woman face. Oh, I love how they included like the energy beam. It doesn't look like a cock at all. Uh, you know, I- looks like a pipe. Well, the like thing, a sci-fi pipe that you, you know like the thing, Yeah, yeah. You know, the thing about Stephen King is I've read a couple of his books before. Only a couple. I've read Carrie. And Carrie's a very different one in comparison to a lot of his... It's about the little orphan, right? Yes, it's about the little orphan and the sun will come out tomorrow, yeah. Yeah. Carrie, I've read that one and, um, you know, I know a lot about his stuff. Stephen King isn't afraid to say, hey, let's get the kitchen sink and throw that in too. And you get that with his films, and you get it with his books. At the moment, why we chose a Stephen King was... Stephen King, this year alone in 2017, that I'm aware of, has three adaptations made into films. You have The Dark Tower, you have It, and on and now just recently one called Gerald's Game. Three, it's a year for Stephen King, and here's the thing... Every year is a year for Stephen King when it comes to movies, it feels like. Because this movie was made in the 1992, I do believe. Yes. And they were probably making like 15 Stephen King adaptations then and they just won't stop. Like, like Stephen King is that kind of author. He's prolific. He's devious. His, his work is one of those works that people have often said and film has proved it to be true more often than not, that his works you can't adapt into films. Some great filmmakers have tried and succeeded, and some have tried and failed. Well, one of the most acclaimed films, I think, is The Shawshank Redemption, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's based on what? Like, it's a short story, a novella, yeah? It's not even, like, a full book. Okay. As well. And then you have ones like The Shining, in which it's very different from the book in lots of ways. And Stephen King hates The Shining, or he's warmed up to it in the last couple of years. Didn't he, like, make his own version and it wasn't as good? The director of this movie did do the adaptation, oh, okay. television adaptation of The Shining. And it was supposed to not be very good. But, you know, I don't want to... You know, if this guy... I do believe um, Mark Garris... Mick Garris, uh, the director of this, he's directed lots of Stephen King um, work, uh, and he's and this is one of the cinematic ones. He lo- does TV ones, and his his direction, his his eye for that Halloweeny horror esque feel, that dread is so important. Like, look at this shot here. You know, how did they get the cat to come there? You know, mm. these are the things you got to ask yourself. And like, how did the trap not go off? Like, that's this is the kind of movie that makes you think. Now, Bartek, we usually go into this straight off the bat. How much of a history do you have with this movie, if any? Um, no history, and in fact, when it 
I, I believe a few weeks ago we even mentioned Stephen King a few times because I think our guest Alana was saying she was going to see it, it or she did see it. She was going to go. And she we, had seen it. Yeah. yeah, and you were telling me a little bit about Stephen King, like you've read some of his books and I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't think I've seen any of his films and then we talked and I'm like oh wait I've seen like two or three then yeah yeah he's, he's you know he's got a big catalogue yeah so I, I know I've seen Shawshank Redemption and I remember years and years ago I saw Apt Pupil but I don't remember much about it mm, I think there might it's been... very gay <laughs> yeah, I, okay I remember that part at least um <laughs> but yeah I I think the most Stephen King I've seen is his uh impersonator in uh Monkey Bone Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, I be- wasn't the trivia that, like, that was originally going to be him? But yeah, but he couldn't do yeah. it because he's lame. Uh, don't worry, he is in this movie. This is one of those movies where Stephen King does appear. Mm-hmm. I remember one of my favourite Stephen King cameos is obviously The Simpsons, in which um, Marge comes up to him and is like, oh, I'm a real big fan of your work at the moment. Are you writing any horror right now? He's like, no, no, I'm not writing any horror right now. I'm writing a... Uh, a biopic on uh, Benjamin Franklin and how he tried to harness lightning to inflict it on his enemies and stuff. And he'd like, as he's talking, it's all getting evil and dark around him. And then she's like, eh, get, get back to me when you get to horror. And he's like, oh, we'll do it. Like, writes down on his, like, post-it note, get back to Marge when I get doing horror again. And like, <laughs> I imagine he did. What a hero. My history of this movie, well, Bartek, this is one of those movies I had never seen before, but I knew of it. Yeah. I knew of this movie. I heard lots of negative and wonderful things. Specifically one thing, which is there's one character who I'm already going to say is everyone's favourite character if they watch this film, which is... Um, um, the policeman and his cat. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, the African-American officer and his, and his cat Clovis, uh, Simpson is, is Andy, Andy Simpson or something like that is his name and he's everyone's favorite character with everyone's favorite character companion, a cat, a police cat. Yeah. And I knew about that. And I knew that Stephen King wrote it, and I went, Stephen King really does have something for cops and cats, I guess. Like, I didn't even walk in knowing that. I think I might have heard the title, but again, not really looked up anything about it and just assumed it was, you know, about people that walk while they sleep. Yeah. Now, we'll get to Clovis later. It's so easy to go to Clovis now. <laughs> yeah, you did. This movie... For those who are still unaware, is a movie about sleepwalkers, creatures, who are a mother and a son, and they are not fully sure if they're the last of their kind. It's never fully answered. Yeah. A lot of things aren't answered, but that's good. And they move to this little town, oddly enough, not in Maine, which Stephen King always writes in Maine. Yeah, I knew that trope, but I, I never heard where this was said. I just it was in just- Illinois. Oh, is it? Yes, Travis, okay. Illinois. It says in the little title. Okay. It starts, All like, I knew that it was it was not Ohio. It's in... Not in Maine. It's in... Yeah, Travis. And it's about these mother and son who, yes, are in an incestual relationship because, you know, Stephen King isn't a shy away from incest. I mean, in his book version of It, there's a nice underage gangbang in there because Stephen King's not afraid to delve into the darker nature, the darker sexual depraved nature of man or cat people. 
And it's about these creatures needing the life force to survive and keep going out throughout America and trying to find other sleepwalkers to breed with and make sleepwalkers rule the earth, I guess. That's Mm. what I can gather from it. That's a pretty big ask for a film. And I'm surprised, Bartek, you said to me, was this based on a book when we were chatting before we started recording? Yes. And it is shocking that this is an unpublished story. Because this, this kind of story could transcend into a whole book series. Like Stephen King, oh, yeah, yeah. thousand pages for ten books. Like, you, you know, you want, like, what's the sleepwalker mum about? Like, who was his dad? What happened to the pedophile teacher's body? You know, these are the kind of things that I imagine Stephen King would be covering in his book exclusively. Yeah, if he made a full book, there would definitely be a lot more. Because I, I remember reading... um. I can't remember where, but somewhere on the internet, uh, there was a statement saying that, oh, you know, some people would have thought that this film would be better if it focused more on the, uh, when, when they mentioned like, oh, we were chased and stuff like that by yeah a organization or people. Or a yeah, group. yeah, just the town. They, they thought they... like, oh, maybe their story of how they got to where they are might be more interesting than this, which is sort of like a damsel in distress film. Don't they understand teen romance? Yeah, I, I can't believe it either. <laughs> this is the kind of film that uh, we could easily believe takes place in the same universe as other films we've done on the show. Specifically the film Cruel Intentions for me because um, this movie's trying to make me believe that um, Mach- uh, what's her name? Uh, Made Madchen Amick, who's this woman here. Oh, the yes. chick. Actress is a virgin, and somewhere else in America, they're trying to make me believe that Reese Witherspoon is a virgin as well. <laughs> like, these are the kind of things that I love. Now, you know, these are the kind of things I love, you know. And with these two lead actors, they're both very famous for their own regards in cult TV. This lead actor, Brian Krause, is um, in the TV show Charmed. He plays an angel in that. Yeah, in the YouTube comments when I was looking, a lot of the comments were just, Leo! Leo from Charmed. And so, she... And I, I was thinking, like, uh, do they think it's DiCaprio? Yeah, something? it's Leo DiCaprio! <laughs> no, he was I, too busy doing... Charms, he yeah. was too busy doing Critters 3 at this point in okay. his career. Uh, that's a genuine fact. Uh, uh, she is known for playing Shelley from the TV show Twin Peaks. I think I saw a comment like that. She yeah. plays the waitress at the diner. And the best part about that is, Bartek, Twin Peaks was made... I'm a big fan of Twin Peaks, was made before this or during this time. Like, it just got cancelled. In Twin Peaks, she plays, like, a person in their, like, late teens, early 20s working at a diner. In this movie, after that, she's playing a high school girl. (laughs) Twin Peaks is about lots of high schoolers and she's playing an adult. In that, in this, she's playing a teenager, and it's great. It, was there a film that came a few years later where she played, like, a child or something? Yeah! <laughs> well, you know what a career is now, don't you? She's just... She's just sperm. <laughs> we already missed, but uh, we met her dad just now in this movie, who... Bartek, did, do you know the information about who her parents 
are in this? I believe it said something like her parents are the same actors and actresses who played the parents in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Somewhere Ferris Bueller is playing Sleepwalkers in the distance. Like, this is his movie that he's making. Like, Ferris Bueller's Sleepwalkers. Oh, and he got his parents to be in it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, they don't know. (laughs) Like, like, this is one of his Alderman pranks. (laughs) Yeah, this is a prank of his. Right. So... Uh, one thing I noticed about this film is that our lead, uh, female lead in this film, the character actually has a Wikipedia page. Oh, excellent. So I think that's a good sign that this film can reach appreciation. One step there. We've got one character who's got their own Wikipedia page. Now, the internet can be deceiving. Because on IMDb, something that very, very confuses me very, very much is Ron Perlman's in this movie as um, state officer or something, um, tombs or tomes or something, and he gets his fingers bitten off. Yeah. And they have in the IMDb, there's like, he reprises his role in this Stephen King adaptation. And you look that up, and it's a completely different character who just happens to be a policeman as well. Okay. So uh, are they assuming it's some kind of alternate universe, but in every universe... No, just IMDb. A... IMDb is wrong. Right. So don't always believe what you read on the internet, kiddies. But, if... I, but I promise that she does have a Wikipedia page. She yeah, it could be full of lies. It could be. <laughs> you could edit that shit to write, like, she isn't a virgin. Fucking slut. And then, like, you would be like, well, why was he after her? Yeah, Who knows? Yeah, that's a good point. Now, Bartek, Bartek. I went into this fairly blind... You went into this blind. Yeah, completely yeah. blind. You just Did you know Stephen King at least? I think... Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were you expecting fully? And what was it like going on this wild journey? Because the one thing you can say at least about this Stephen King property is it's wild. Ryan, when you go to court, you got to be ready. you got to have all your facts straight. you got to know what you're going to say. You gotta know. You gotta know what you're doing. I walked into this being like, I okay, the sleepwalkers. Let's go. Dictionary definition popped up, and I'm like, I've got nothing. <laughs> Dictionary definition told me that this is gonna be about nomadic, yeah, nomadic cat creatures. It's gonna be about lunatici, lunatici, Um. So it. So when you're when you're in a situation where you don't know what to do, you gotta improvise. You gotta know what to expect. You gotta watch the film. You gotta be prepared. You gotta notice that it is Mark Hamill in front of you. you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did it take you very long to figure out that was Mark Hamill, or did you just? Because to be honest, he is one of those actors that's kind of unrecognizable outside of Luke Skywalker. Ryan, I after I watched the film, I acknowledged that he was in there somewhere. I didn't know which cop he was. <laughs> I didn't realize he would be like the first person in the film. <laughs> So it wasn't until we really, you know, watched it here that I was like, oh, that is him. Yeah, with a mustache. Yeah. So you were saying, you, 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 you're going to notice you Mark Hamill, though. Yeah, yeah. So it was a film where I just had to count my losses. I, I walked in expecting something. The expectations were all shattered. I, I just had to basically build my whole impression from the product itself, not coming in with anything, you know, preconceived and accurate at the same time. Hmm. Fair enough. What a great drawing. That kid's an artist. That it guy. was a pretty good drawing. It was decent. I was actually expecting 
<laughs> Lean closer. <laughs> I was expecting the teacher to go like, damn good drawing, son, and throw it to him, throw it back to him and be like, but this ain't art. This is an art class. And then walk away, like something like, like that. Like, be understanding, like, it was good, but uh, it's not the time. Yeah, I love Mrs. Robertson. I love how he takes this as a teacher. Like, you liked it, huh? Like, he's a little bit surly about it. Like, he's a bit beyond his years as a teacher, but he's still, like, finding what she's saying within it. Like, pushing her to go further, make a not a vacuous statement. And even though her statement is a bit bland and vacuous, she, he, as a good teacher, goes, I think she's onto something here, and directs the class back into a conversation that's constructive about the piece and mm. about what they're studying. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not 100% clear what the, the goal of this lesson is. Well... Uh, I it, mean, obviously someone's presenting and they're giving feedback, but, like, are the... Are they assessing the feedback? Are they assessing? I'm going to tell you what it is. It's he wanted to let people know that a box does not just have four sides, and then he got told it actually has six. And he's like, "Well, do you fade think- cl- fade cut?" <laughs> do you think he he took that bullet for the team? Like he purposely wanted? To- yeah, I think he knew that that's what the sleepwalkers' weakness was. Was that they could know how many sides a box has. So did, he, did, he... did you know at schools they drag kids by the ear? That was one of my favourite parts because it wasn't explained. My favourite part? I'm going to tell you straight off the bat. I love filmmaking and sometimes you have happy accidents. That's yeah. what they're called. When something just happens and you're like, you know what? That just happened. Hmm. I think that well, happy... happened. That's what the subtitles are asking, right? Good answer. That's your answer back. <laughs> What I was going to say was a happy accident I really love in this film is involving an animal. Mm-hmm. I know, there's a lot of animals. Oh. Do you want to say it? it? Was it when, like, the cat looked at the camera or something? No. Oh. During a chase scene with our Clovis, yeah. our precious Clovis, a lizard runs onto the road <laughs> and packs away. <laughs> really? Yeah, you're going to have to watch this. Oh, you'll have to point it out then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bit where a lizard like runs out and goes, oh shit, and runs back backwards. Okay, I remember there was... <laughs> it's a- so good. <laughs> I remember there's a part where... <laughs> th- I, th- I think it might have been Clovis. There's a part where there's a cat at like the bottom left of the frame and it's like looking straight ahead, but then at one point it turns to look right into the camera. There's a away. bit... Where, see, the thing is, this movie does something that no other movie dares to do, which is say, hey, you know, cats, the most soul-sucking black vortex of on-screen charisma when it comes to animals, and just the pure fact that they are kind of, like, emotionless when it comes to films, you know, like an animation. Yeah, their faces kind of look the same. And you can't train them as well as you can dogs, say. That's fair enough to say. Mm -hmm. There's only a few cats that you can train really well, but not all. And it usually happens in, like, scientific experiments, like the Skinner cat box or whatever. Yes. And, like, in films and all that. And, And this is a film that says, let's get 15 fucking cats... And get the camera to do a pan around and all of them follow the camera. <laughs> and we'll say, cut, and put it in. And you know what? Stephen King said, good shot, buddies. I love cats. The musical as well. And then they told Stephen King to go talk to someone did else. You know, did you know sleepwalkers don't use car doors? Frequently in this film, sleepwalkers just jump into cars. I thought he just didn't know what a door was. Well, it's because he's not mortal. You know, he's immortal if he I mean, drinks... right, if you were a cat, would you go to the effort of trying to open the door? Would you no, just I'd just look the at hole? the camera. 
you follow it, yeah. But I mean, like, no, I just look at the camera. But look, if you're a cat and your motivation was this is what we learned in university, right? Okay, meow. Your action, your your motivation is I need to get into that car. Windows rolled down. You're gonna go to like the whole big Rube Goldberg effort of trying to open the door. You're gonna hop in. Hop, (laughs) hop. Yeah. Or pounce in, whatever. First, I would kind of do a figure eight near the door okay, well, and kind of rub myself. What's your action, Ryan? I'm doing a figure eight. No, 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 your action, Ryan. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, I'm feeling <laughs> very good about myself. And then I rub myself up against the car and then hop in. Mm-hmm. Maybe sniff around. How many fucking panties does she have just laying about? Like, my yeah. girlfriend actually said to me, Ryan... Make sure when you do the episode, do a counter for how many cats they kill. Like, the fucking first scene has, like, 80 cats. I'm just not going to do it. But we could do a count of how many underwear she has. So she's already chucked a couple of... She's already knocked two panties and two bras. So that's, like, you know, that's four, four of it. And this, this is the fifth. Yeah. Jeez, five whole underpants. Yeah, I'm not really one to leave underwear, like lying around i leave them in a pile like all of my clothes like near my bed but not like yeah fuck... i do the pile as well this is a virgin my man like if it was some woman who's had sex a lot and her clothes were like her panties were like flung everywhere you'd be like oh okay maybe she, she'd like, have a line of like oh what's that doing there guess it was a pretty rough night huh and then their period panties and <laughs> you're like oh that's a bit awkward awkward I didn't have any tampons Oh my god, it's the mother from Ferris Bueller wearing a nice little apron from her grave rubbings. You know, that favourite pastime that all mums have is grave rubbings. But your mum's a grave rubber. How does she do it? With powder or stick? Powder, Ryan. Ah, but isn't that too easy? Don't you want to use it with a number five stick? Ryan, this is a very fast-paced world. Technology is advancing very rapidly. We don't have time to do a lot of things. She does it with lasers. (laughs) (laughs) Your mum... Uh, no, no, this is one of those things, Bartek. I'm just gonna just gonna say it to you. Yeah. Stephen King's brand of horror, brand of surrealism and all that, isn't for everyone. And uh, you have already stated that you haven't engaged with enough of it, but this is a direct Stephen King horror, surreal, supernatural fest. Yeah. Does it appeal to you? This Stephen King. Does Stephen King's style appeal to you? Well, I remember, Ryan, you telling me that a lot of the... A problem that a lot of people have with his works is that they over-explain, I think you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They over-explain. I feel like this one didn't really have a big mystery element to it to have the explanation. Like, I think they just kind of got it out of the way early on. Yeah. And and then just said, here's the information. The movie will play out with that information. Mm. One of the reviews, uh, I don't want to spoil it, but one of the reviews is saying very similar thing where it's like, horror movies these days are too complicated. You know, this is a simple horror movie where it's like a girl meets boy, but the boy ain't a boy. And there's something simplistic about Stephen King as well. Like, like, that's the problem. Stephen King a lot of the time has a cool, neat idea and then will dilute that idea by making it too complicated. So so it's like It, right? Everyone loves It at the moment and, and people who probably haven't read It, the book, will not know how fucking complicated he makes that story. Like, obviously some people will know like It's a story where there's two storylines happening at the same time, one in the kid era and one in the grown-up era of these characters and then 
the it monster is look it could have been cool if it was just a monster that feeds on your fear and transforms and it takes the image of a clown but no it has to be like some intergalactic interdimensional squid spider thing that is very he spends like 14 chapters explaining what it is and you're like did i need to know when so it's a it, simple killer clown move killer clown story so was it a spider in the in the book yeah kind of okay. it's like it's one of those things of it's it's real image is so hard for to define that what we see is basically the equivalent of a spider that okay. kind of thing because i remember many many episodes ago we were talking about john peters yeah and i think we mentioned that he had something to do with it did he no, no? he we had something to do with wild wild west he just always wanted giant spiders okay. I, I could have sworn we mentioned can, that can we please talk about this great character before he leaves us yeah this is his last scene mr fallows is played by the great actor who also played otho in beetlejuice and this guy always just played very camp gay guys <laughs> in some way shape or form he's very gay and in this movie it didn't really matter because he wasn't playing gay so much, but just like a teacher. And then in this scene, we learn that the teacher is not just a teacher. He's the only person who knows or sees through this guy's facade because he actually has done his work and sees that he's some stranger and Paradise Falls doesn't exist and all this stuff. And instead of wanting money or some kind of blackmail, he wants just to have sex with this guy. He wants to rape this guy, basically. And our villainous anti-hero, you could say, says, No, I don't want homosexual sex, thank you. And does one of the best horror moments ever. Rips off his hand. People should really learn to keep their hands to themselves. He is yours. And hands his hand back to him. (laughs) 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 Can you imagine this guy's last moments? He's like, I just held my own, like, severed hand. And then a cat man killed me. Yeah, that's, uh... Do you think he would have lived if he just let him keep running? He would have bled out? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think... I think he would have been fine. Yeah, he would have been fine. He would have cauterized the wound and come back like Ash in the Evil Dead with a chainsaw hand. Yeah, I agree. Bartek, what did you think about this character and the sudden reveal of his true intent? You think he's a good guy at first, but then he bad. You know, to tell you the truth, I didn't actually uh, think about what it was that he wanted. He put his hand on his cock. And said there are other things that people would like. And then the guy's like, no! So you didn't... I guess I didn't notice he was reaching for the cock. Well, did you notice this time around? Second time viewing, did you notice the homoerotic moment? The rapey moment? Well, I I see it more now, yeah. Yeah, he gave his hand back to him. (laughs) Oh, here he is. The fucking hero of the movie. Clovis. And the policeman too, but Clovis. Clovis and his friend. Clovis and his good friend who oh, sings... He, he calls himself Daddy, so Clovis Who and Daddy. sings to him. Yeah. All the, he sings! There are moments in this film where they're having supreme tension, and then they'll oh, yeah, come yeah. back to this when, guy singing. I remember when I first heard his voice, it reminded me of 
Uh, Get that motherfucker! It reminded me of the voice I did way, way, way back in the the court skit we did in Dicky Roberts, where I was kind of where I thought I was doing the Whitey impression. It sounded a bit like that. No, nah, he's way more deep. I know he's way more uh, deep, but like the the kind of tone he was going. I for. feel sorry for the fact that I've been calling him Clovis this whole entire time. It's Clovis the Attack Cat. Sorry, I've got to get it right. His nice name. Title. His name. We have to, well, he's a hero. We have to say his full title. Oh, so you don't just say. Alexander, when you talk about Alexander the Great, do you? No, no, you have to you say call, the Great. Call him Ixander. Yeah, yeah. You don't just say, you know, you know. Courage instead of courage, the cowardly dog. Exactly. You know, this is, yeah, this is Clovis the Attack Cat. Mr. the Attack Cat. Now, this is a very important scene to look out because the our hero villain. The dictionary didn't tell us about this, yeah. Has revealed that he has powers mm. other than shape shifting, and this is really when we get to introduce to what effects cats have properly. We know they're afraid of cats, but we learn that cats can see them for what they are, really, which we would have suspected. There he is. Oh. <laughs> no, I think he turned around, Ryan. He did turn around. It was just some lizard, <laughs> like oh fuck, <laughs> like I'm done. Horses run through here, so watch out. Well, horses with uh, growths on their back. Yeah. I love this moment here where he drives past this and the cop follows as well. Oh, no, a truck. But I really love this. The cat meows. Oh, shit. But he manages to get through. And our hero looks at and he goes, like, gives a look like, oh, oh, he managed. <laughs> like, like, he's a cop. Of course he managed. He's like, like I define it as a look trained, like, yeah. like, oh, he, he's a good driver. Of course he is. He's a, he's a policeman. Uh, wouldn't it be great if this movie did involve child murder? Like, it already has incest casually thrown in there. Like, we haven't even talked about much about the incest, but this movie's like, eh, incest, whatever. That's Stephen King. He doesn't give a shit about this this kind of stuff. He's like, yeah, I want a black cop with a cat named Clovis who sings to him and calls him, bad motherfucker. They probably could have done a thing like what we had with Wolf Creek too, where um, son of a bitch, where Mick Taylor is driving the really huge truck and he's pl- and he's playing like a song that's kind of upbeat in the background while he's hitting all these kangaroos and trying to kill the lead character. Yeah, he should have done that, but you know, I think they could have gone with Karma Chameleon since he does morph the car to make it invisible. No, he 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 should have just had any song from the musical Cats. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, th- more thematic. Yeah, that's true. Thematics. I love this. He can see his face. He's given the finger. Then later on, he says, "I couldn't see his face. It was a blur." Though, if you said it like during this sequence here, where you can see all of his forms, I like the part where he looked a bit like Jake Lloyd. <laughs> I like the part where he was a baby. <laughs> I think we're talking about the same part. <laughs> oh, good. I like how Jake Lloyd is only a baby. Like, there's no other Jake Lloyd form. I mean, Jake the most Lloyd looked like Jake Lloyd. Jake Lloyd only has one form, and that's Baby Lloyd. So both the Skywalkers are in this film, then. Holy shit! Mm. I didn't know, but, but now both are we did. Though, both are, you know, they're both cameos. You know, we, yeah. they they didn't want to take the limelight from the real star. And later on, uh, Adam Sandler would do the same thing: uncredited cameo in uh, Big Stan. No, there you go, say uncredited cameo in every one of his films because he's been checked out for the last 30 years. <laughs> My talent's not credited because it's not in here. His singing is too good to be credited. Somewhere my talent lies, but you don't get to see it. 
Mm. That was a good Adam Sandler impersonation, me. Good job. I didn't realize I had it in me. But you did. I did. That's that's your like Stephen I can make cars invisible. That's your Stephen King story. That's my yeah, and that's how I met Stephen King. Oh, okay. <laughs> Everyone meets him. I, I thought I, I was talking like you know the story he wrote about you, but story, you're talking about story the story of, of Ricky. Met him. <laughs> story of Ricky. Ricky O. Ricky O. Sheriff, you're doing a good job, buddy. He's not the sheriff. He's just a cop. He should be the sheriff. He should have been. He's like, got a sidekick that's not human. Oh yeah, I love that his partner's a cat. Like usually cops have partners. Yeah. He doesn't. He has a cat for a partner. And they all like deal with like I love when they go back to the police station. He has a little basket in there for his cat. Yeah. <laughs> like and everyone just abides by this stop looking at me, you fucking cat. <laughs> Does it, what does it say under his name on the tag? The attack cat. Oh, okay. I wasn't just making that up. I thought he said it. No. No, it just says it on his name. Well, I mean, if this badge says it, then yeah, that's yeah, what it's his name. Clovis the attack cat. Yeah, and not and again with that. Oh, there he is. Mind, is he looking at the camera? Yeah. Not only do people <laughs> usually have partners, but if they do have an animal, it, it's typically like a dog because you know. They but can, this guy loves cats. But this guy loves cats. But you know what they say: some people love dogs, some people love cats. You're a cat person, Bartek, that is and true. I'm a dog person. But much... and that means if you were a cop, your partner would be a cat, and if I was a cop, mine would be a dog. But I think what this film is trying to say here is, you know, there are many body types in the world, and all body types, well, not all, but. A lot of body types are more suited to certain things than others. And that's what Stephen King is really saying. Yeah, like, you wouldn't have you or me be a sumo wrestler, but you would have a obese but fit person be a sumo wrestler. That's exactly right. Normally, if you would have a police animal, it would be a dog, because, you know, they, they're agile, they can be aggressive, they have great smell, they respond well to orders... And, you know, that that means, yeah, that's the obvious choice. But if you were to pick a cat over a dog, that's got to be an impressive cat. Yeah, it's, it, it's a, well, you know how impressive it is. It leads an army of cats later. Like, that's how impressive this one particular cat. I mean... Basically, if you're foregoing a dog to have a cat, don't mess with that cat. Yeah, pretty much. Don't mess with cats. If yeah. you're foregoing a sumo wrestler for, I don't know, one of us, you better watch out for us. But only in a sumo ring. You, oh, just, yeah. you can still shoot us with a gun. Exactly. I love this cop, how he dies later. <laughs> now, here's something I really want to mention. This is very important. The mother. The, 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 Which mother? The mother of uh, the, the, the sleepwalker mum. Yep. Cat mum, we'll call her. Cat mum. Meow mum. Meow mum. Yeah, meow mum. Lunatitsky mum. She's played by Alice Krieg. Or Craig. And she is well known for being in Star Trek as the Queen of the Borg. Mm-hmm. You know, the Borg, they're the... They're like s- the bad guys, kind of? Oh, no, kind of. <laughs> like, Star Trek deals with more ambiguities of people, but the Borg are just that, you know, the hive mind collective where they'll assimilate you and make you a Borg, you know, cyborgs. Oh, yeah, I know about that. Resistance is futile, you know, all that kind of stuff. She's the leader of the Borg. Which has always questioned, which has always been a question I've always wanted to ask, like, why? Why would a collective mind have a leader? Like, the whole point is they're one, but why would there be another one that leads the one? It's because you have to put a face to the enemy, that kind of thing, you know, right. for a movie, right? Okay, yep. But I just love that she's in this movie playing an evil, emotionless woman as well. But then... Well, she has 
She yeah. gets emotions okay, when yep, yep. you killed my son, my only son. She you... had, well, she had a lot of emotions of lust throughout the film. Yeah, she's mainly afraid. And jealousy, it seems. And afraid of cats. Hmm. Although the jealousy comes from an insecurity because, I mean, I think mummy is number one for this fella. Well, they do have sex. Hmm. Why do they have sex? Now, I know that you could say, is it because sex is nice? But why do you think they have right, sex? When a man and a woman love each other very much, they do things. I know. It's that's not, they why don't, your children have come out all wrong they don't with just, your mum. They don't just play dominoes. <laughs> they don't just play Monopoly. They, they some do, do, They do some very intimate things, you know. More on the line of... Oh, God, what's that game called? Twister. Yeah, Twister. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking, could it be that they... Started out thinking that if they had sex with each other, that they would breed? Because there's no reason why they can't breed with incestually breed, but I guess they don't get to incestually breed. Like, she would have done it by now. Like, and I think that was just, like, the starting point. Mm. They, like, must have fallen into that and went, like, oh, this will help us breed. And then they just like it. Or it's because they're creatures from hell and just do everything depraved. That, yeah, that would that would be the answer if this was, you know, just a lame movie that was like, oh, what's a way we can make them see bad? Oh, they they commit incest. People don't like incest, right? They're bad. But they Bartek, they do it to 1950s rock. Mm. So it's okay. Yeah. Rock's hard. It's a very hard thing if you throw it at And this. if you roll it, then you, you, shit gets... Moss goes on it. Yeah, it goes... Oh my god, that's Elvis. Wow. <laughs> that's how he formed. Yeah. When a rock began to roll, you know. <laughs> oh my god, Elvis. How are you? You're back from the dead. And then someone grabs the rock and stops. It's like, no, Elvis is dead. <laughs> like, no. Someone grabs the rock. Dwayne. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> Bitch, you grab me, Elvis dies. Oh, okay. <laughs> Elvis who? Costello? No, Presley. I thought he was dead. Bitch, no one grabbed me. And now he's cat acting. Well, the cat just died. So that's... And Ryan, you know that if you pick a cat over a human f- to act in your film, that's got to be a pretty good cat. Yes. And there were like, what, 20? And this was before CGI was really prevalent. I mean, this film does use special effects. Oh, here's the shot. Where, where it's like... <laughs> Look at that. Oh, like, gazing at it. This is gazing at the lights. And then this one, like, they just start to follow it, like, some of it. But then you can obviously tell they've made a noise. Look, this one's still, like, <laughs> I see you. <laughs> like, it's so good, this film. Yeah. Bartek, this film was spontaneous. It has the supernatural. Why did this fail? As Stephen King. Stephen King's a big name. And since this wasn't based on a book, you can't say there was the Stephen King backlash of fans who were like, oh, I like the book better, so the film sucked, which happens with a lot of his works. Why did this film, though, a film that he wrote the script to, fail? Well, I feel like maybe it might be because it... We've mentioned before that simple can be good, but maybe this one was too simple... Like, uh, the first half of the film is, ignoring all these scenes, it's kind of like... The great great scene, that one. It's kind of like, you know, uh, an evil person is luring in a virginal damsel in distress, and then the second film is kind of, you got the Terminator thing of, oh shit, he wants to 
kill or make my life not normal kind of thing going on and and maybe that was just a little you know too basic for a Stephen King story like I mentioned when we were chatting last night before after we watched the film that I I uh, the reason I asked if this was based on a book was because I thought this is pretty simple for what I've heard of you know Stephen King's works like was this really based on a book and when you said unpublished story I'm like answered so, so, so I, I basically interpret that as like oh it wasn't really like a finished product or anything like that well yeah you know Stephen King writes every day that's his, his name on even though he writes for books and stuff every day except for Christmas and then he says nah I'm a liar I don't write every day and I was like, oh, that's a lie about the thing that I, you know, write every day. I do write on Christmas sometimes. <laughs> like, classic King. Yeah. So you were like, it's a short story, at least if it was one. I don't know. I think this is pretty epic. I mean. I mean, definitely what you said about there being potential for more, like expanding the lore, the backstory, what happens next. There's definitely potential for that. Like, um, are there other sleepwalkers? Yeah, yeah. But I think. Are I've they th- the president? true but i think that like of what we were shown if this was going to be the whole book i don't think it would be you know that long of a book oh you don't know how much detail he would go into Mm. and then they drove their 1979 corolla car the car was covered in dust it's like that's stephen king (laughs) that dust was made from god who i don't like (laughs) why don't i like god Visit Maine sometime. It sucks, but I love it. <laughs> it's like, but this story is set in Maine. Isn't every story Maine? Like that Stephen King, like he writes that in the book. <laughs> like I imagine Stephen King just writes this just like that narrative about like just his like that feelings. letter that Marge wrote to Ringo Starr, where like yeah. Homer was talking to her and she included yeah what yeah he yeah said yeah. In and then Ringo Starr is 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 like, oh, by the way. He's like, we call them chips. (laughs) (laughs) We call them chips. (laughs) (laughs) So she says that she has something for her. What are you expecting her to give her? Um, that's a good question. So for the listening people, the answer is a rose, which she puts in her hair. um, Behind the ear. Behind the ear, which calls back to the beginning of the film where they found that body, I believe. There was a rose. Oh, the little girl, because she had braces. Because only little girls have braces. Mm. Uh, what did I think she was going to give? Honestly, I was very intrigued and I wanted to know. And you found out it was a rose. Here's something. When it comes to these stuff, because these are obviously like Stephen King's take on vampire-like creatures, but they have to get virginal blood. Of girls. What age is it appropriate for them to get... Like, like, do they... Can they take it from babies and children? Like, little girls, like, baby girls and preteen girls? Or do they have to wait well, for, like, as... the menstruation to happen and they're like, Oh, bam! I think as long as they haven't had sex, then it's fine. That would be... How do they detect that they don't have sex? Because here's the thing. She goes, is she? And he's like, I'm pretty sure... Uh, like he doesn't know necessarily like he has an inkling but he doesn't like have a full guarantee i suppose that's a really good point to have about any sort of story where a virgin is necessary like do they like stalk them do they sense it 
Do they just look at him and go, fucking dweeb? Yeah, is, it, is it just a sixth sense? Like, clearly here it's not, because he said that he's pretty sure. Not that but he, he doesn't have an exact thing. answer, yeah. Yeah. This film takes place in three days. Hmm. Which is it pretty does, great. Yeah. I mean, technically longer if you want to count the Mark Hamill stuff, because we don't know when exactly that takes place in comparison, but the story that we are viewing is, takes is place it, in three days. Is it fair to assume that that Mark Hamill stuff the, the, the bodies and everything they found was done by them. Oh, yeah. yeah They're so the early ones. W- did they mention where that was? Well, not necessarily. The, the, the Mark Hamill thing didn't say where it was, but you would imagine it was just where they were before. Like, these guys, the night uh, sleepwalkers, have lied so far about where they were from. They said they were from Paradise Falls, which doesn't exist. So, no, I think they just go from town to town doing this. Mm. Trying to one day find other sleepwalkers to breed with and to rule the earth. Okay, well that doesn't really get tied into this plot. It's just kind of like... Are you saying we could have edited that scene out of the film and nothing would have changed? No, 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 not at all. What I'm saying is that was kind of like giving audience a taste of the lore. Like, they were just introduced to what sleepwalkers are from the uh, definition. Uh, yeah. And they're showing, like, oh, here they don't like cats, and this is what happens to bodies of, like, virgins that they encounter. So I, I think that was just, like, explaining. And then when it cut to finally here in Illinois, that's kind of where the actual mm. plot that we are going to watch progress happens. And we are shown... We are, have this idea of, like, oh, what we saw before could be, like, the third act of this plot i what i liked about this movie i liked how um quick paced it was and it's a movie with not too many scenes in it like like Mm. clovis i mean um you know the the policeman with clovis appears in three to four scenes well this is going to be his final scene yeah so this is the third scene you know like like the first chase the night at the police station and then this and and and, you know, our main guy, you know, Brian Krause, he exits the movie after this scene, really. Like, like he, you know, oh, after they go invisible, sorry. It's like when I mentioned that this is like a two-act film, his time to shine is this act. Oh, he's one more man and he's off to the rodeo. I love this. Like, this is like a scene where they're building some romance but some tension and then it'll come back to... He's a dick, he's a dick, I don't like that dick. He's like, what is wrong with this guy? If you reveal that this character had some autism of some sort and they just allow him to think he's a policeman. <laughs> I don't know, I, I think... I'd believe you. I think with a tough job like police officer, you probably see a lot of shit you gotta be about. Yeah, police. especially in Travis. Travis, Illinois, yeah. You see a lot of shit go down there. Like, I cats mean, are everywhere. I mean, Ryan, if you wanted to get to Chicago... Oh, look, the to... camera went. Yeah, oh, did you notice how in the framing, he's always at the top part of the frame? Fuck, is that symbolism? It's symbolism saying, like, he's always on top. But if you were to take the film... So he's a top guy, you would, huh? see, you would see that the subtext is there were actually points, if you ignore the framing, where she was on top. Hinting that she will survive. Well, if you actually put subtitles on, it actually says exactly what we just said, word for word. Like, <laughs> like it was pretty amazing. It's still doing it right now. Pretty amazing. Yeah. And now it ends. And then the subtitles don't work yeah, ever again. Our, our, our entire comedy, we're just reading the second subtitles. In our entire commentary or comedy? I said commentary. Commentary. 
I thought you said in our entire comedy. And I'm like, it is a comedy. Are you saying that this is a comedy, Ryan? Not a commentary? Well, life's a comedy and films are a tragedy because this is so tragic it didn't make it. I'm still scratching my head, to be honest, of why this film failed. Like, you know, like, I just don't understand it. It's got Stephen King's name on it. It's an original work, so you don't get those Stephen King purists who are like, you don't like the book. Guess what, bitches? There ain't no book. Stephen King wrote it his motherfucking self. So what are you going to do? Complain that Stephen King did a weird, silly property? What are you, nuts? No, Ryan, their complaint would be, it's not as good as the script. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I read the script, I imagined that everything was the way that I would have directed it. But I'm not a fucking director. I sit here masturbating over Cheerios. That's the kind of man I am, and I don't like things at all. Yeah, you know what? You're right. The Stephen King script purists read this and said, for fuck's sake, you know, Mark Garris... You did some really good adaptations of his other works that I appreciated, but this! Fuck you, man. I read the script that Stephen wrote. He sent it to me personally. You know, because he's, he's always in touch with his fans. And I say I would have done it better. And that man grew up to be Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> like, he saw this. And he still hasn't done a Stephen King adaptation. But can you imagine if he did? It's me, Zack Snyder, and I'm going to do Sleepwalkers. Now, imagine this scene done exactly the way it is, but it's a murky yellow color. And you can barely see anything that's happening. How artistically brilliant would that be? Mm. Pretty artistic. Pretty artistic. And the characters will be wearing really nice capes. I really like what that shot was coming over towards him. You think it's like the cop, maybe, coming over, but it's no one. Yeah, it was just a cameraman being like, I have to film this. <laughs> and then he went home to his wife like, and they you went call the police it was a film honey you had to explain and then he had to explain and then she was like but were they a part of the film oh I don't know I didn't check like <laughs> we just went to this graveyard and there was a cat man we put, attacking we put makeup this. on the guy but there was this cat man no he didn't see that there was just this cat man attacking this poor innocent girl we put Jake Lloyd makeup on him at one point wait this is before Phantom Menace so Maybe, and before Jingle All The Way. So, maybe it was Jake Lloyd. <laughs> oh, this is his first role. Oh my god, he really is like a child actor. <laughs> yeah, like, like as a baby. Yeah. Go, 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 go. I'm the best thing of my career is Jingle All The Way, surprisingly. <laughs> and then he sees like a really pretty makeup lady. He's like, are you an angel? Are you an angel? <laughs> uh, you know, the universe would be better if people were nice to each other. That's like one of my favorite. <laughs> it's like some power, I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember. It's like something like, in Venom, it's like that's the moral he learns. Like, it's like the problem with the universe is, is that people aren't nice. To they each aren't other. nice to each other. It's like such a child. And then his friend comes <laughs> and is like, "This is so wizard, Annie." I like the fact that he doesn't learn anything. Like she grabs something and hits him in the face, and then she's grabbing something again. He still doesn't look. Like look at her fucking hands. And now he don't have an eye, but he seems well, how pretty. How can you o- look now, Ryan? Yeah, but he seems to be pretty okay without having an eye. Like. Here's the thing I ask. If you blinded him... I love this. Daniel, when exactly did I lose your trust? Like, he goes full psycho in this scene. Like, like it's a different character. Well, yeah, he wants to, like, get information for next time. Yeah. Oh! Summer, man, go on, you get your fucking ducky, you get your right foot, get off the stage, you fucking jerk. Are we up to the part you where know, you he piss sees me Clarissa off. sleeping? 
I think we already oh, seen that. He already like scratched his neck. Like, Chloe, is he sleeping, man? What are you doing? You sleeping? <laughs> yeah. That was my favorite of his lines. I love Clovis. He's the real. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Simpson just gave an evil smirk. And again, he's a terrible policeman. He doesn't call for backup. He was she's about like, to, but then he saw. Dan's yeah, but then distress. she's like, call for, like, let me out of your cover back. And he's like, nah. This has one of the best one liners ever, which is better. It's good because you could have made it even better. The guy gets stabbed in the fucking ear with a pencil. It makes me ask, where did he get a pencil from? Mm-hmm. Stabs in the fucking ear with a pencil. And then he jumps in and he's like, cop kebab. <laughs> but you know. Another filmmaker, a lesser one, would have said shish kebab. But he just says cup kebab. Well, because he's a cop. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying, yeah? Shish kebab. He's like shish kebab. But no, he's like cup kebab. He's like excellent. Well, they're different things. Yeah, but he's he's referencing a shish kebab, yeah? Shish kebab's like... What's a shish kebab? It's an Indian, like... Meat entree on a stick, yeah. No, shish kebabs are <sighs> like little. Well, there you go. Things. It's okay. They know kebabs nail. are well. Well, no wait, those are the kebabs. Yeah, those are the the Lebanese things. Whatever, I know what you're talking about. Skewers. The stick ones, the skewer things. Yeah. Cup kebabs. Kebabs or kebabs. Well, no, no, we need to get into this because Stephen King wrote that line. Did he? Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, he wrote all of it. <laughs> Unless this actor's really good and improvised that on the day. Mm. Like, he's like, hey guys, I got an idea. I know later on I'm going to play Leo from Charmed, but I want to show my bad boy side. Give me a pencil. Don't tell the other actor what I'm going to do. Alright? Do you want a prop pencil? No, no, no. I want a real fucking pencil. Alright? Give me a real fucking pencil. And he legitimately stabs him in the ear. Mm. The guy falls down and he's like, alright guys, we got one shot at this. And she's terrified because he's legitimately stabbed someone. And then he's legitimately surprised when the guy is alive. <laughs> he's like, how are you alive? And he's like, motherfucker, fucking uh, That's his brain damage coming in. And then he just like, you know how like with some toys where their batteries run out and they kind of jilt forward, like they keep jilting like yeah. and the sound screeches, that's how he died. And the actor never worked again. And this is a sad bit. I thought this was gonna be I like how his bloodstained whiskers, might I add. Yeah, it's it's continuity. I really wanted it to be this is where he breathes on his face and makes him catman. <laughs> like, you know that's what happens in Catwoman, yeah? She dies and a cat breathes on her face and she comes back to life as Catwoman. That's nice. They should have done that with him. <laughs> like, him as Catman. Like, in the end of the movie, he scratches the mum. And she's like, you fucking idiot. Because everyone scratches each other in this movie. Yeah, I noticed that. And then she scratches she scratches both of them on the face. Can you imagine him coming up and be like, meow, motherfucker? Fucking hate pricks. And scratches them on the face. He's like, idiot. And then she's like, my face! Oh, it burns! And he's like, meow, I'm Catman. And then, like, you see, he's still in his police outfit, but he's now, like, attached, like, a door snake as a tail to himself. Like, you know, like, just he's got, like, from a store, a black door see, now snake. you're making it more complicated, right? Black- now it's becoming Stephen King. <laughs> now it's becoming... And then it, then he's a spider. Uh... <laughs> Stephen King is afraid of spiders. And John Peter's, like... And John Peter's, like, my work here is done. <laughs> <laughs> I can go off. 
back into the obscurity of Hollywood. <laughs> and then he starts singing some Will Smith raps on his way out. Wild Wild, Wild, Wild West. Desperado, <laughs> yeah, no, you don't want none of I like how you know that lyric. <laughs> you know lyrics to Cause, that. Because what he says afterwards, I don't know what he's saying. Nobody knows what Will Smith said. Brother, 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 Buffalo Soldier. It's because he's swearing country. and they didn't want to let you know that. Will Smith doesn't swear. No, he's... What, he, what he, is this? Some kind of suicide squad? He, his, gr- his grandma said no swear and he said okay. Okay, that's fair enough. If she said no swear, then that's okay. Ugh, pass. But like, what is the... Uh, what is an injury that you've sustained from an animal that you can vividly remember? Um, it's not going to be as extreme as this. Uh, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I do only have two arms now. My third one's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember my my dad's cat in Poland. Uh, what was its name? Uh, Kijor. What does that mean? My dad says that it is... You know what? It sounds like your dad's a liar. <laughs> because the, the way he described it... he The way my dad described it is it means, like, it's a word you call your friend as if you want to call them, like, a mad motherfucker. But it's not, like, a swear or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, like, one of those, like, oh, dude or man kind of things. Like, Kishor. Hey, come here, Kishor. Hotch to Kishor. I think it's that... Luda <laughs> So I, uh, when he was younger, um, he's a friendly cat, very lovable. But when he's behind covers or something, and you like you see like bumps moving around, you know, cats will attack it. His claws were especially sharp, and I remember one time like he was under some covers. I'm like, um, I have to get him out from under there before something happens. And you know, I like tried gently pushing the cover, and he like swiped, and it was a, it wasn't a really deep cut, but it was a lot deeper than I was expecting it would be. You know, so, so it was more like a shock thing rather than it being a horrible thing. That's great. I listened and it was really emotional what you said because one of the things I've had was I had a pet blue tongue lizard mm. and it bit me and it was like on the knuckle of my finger and I just flipped down went like and just shook it off and like it wouldn't come off. Mm. So I had to smack it against the Ooh. sink and it came off. In shock. But that's okay, because it was fine. It was fine. We missed Stephen King's cameo in this sequence, and the thing I wanted to note down was every interaction he had with a person, he closed his eyes to clearly memorize what he had to say. <laughs> yeah. What, the actor? Stephen, Stephen King? King. When he walked up to the policeman, he closed his eyes and started talking. And then opened them when he finished his line. And then walked over to the next person to do that exact same thing again. Are you sure he wasn't just, like, trying to be a bit of a... He's a method actor. Like an autistic kind of character? You know, Stephen King, he's autistic. I don't know that for a fact, but imagine. He probably did too much cocaine that day. He's not autistic, he just has a sidekick. You know, you saw Monkey Bone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Although you guys say it was, he has a cat sidekick as well. <laughs> like, and he's like, Stephen King in the cat universe, where everyone has a cat sidekick. I love the fact that he has a little fly that was buzzing around his hat there for the entire wasn't, scene. Oh, wasn't his sidekick a dog in that <laughs> film? Who? In, in Monkey Bone? Oh, yeah, yeah, but in, in that's, that's a universe where that wasn't actually Stephen King. Like, like you know, it was oh, well, a pretender. The... This is oh, really Stephen that King. Was a pretender. 
He's a dreamer. He's a, well, Stephen King can't be stuck in the monkey bone dreamverse and be here. So that film's also in the Cruel Intentions universe? Everything's in the Cruel Intentions universe. Oh. The modern day world is in that universe. He was. He was what? Very charming. Until he wasn't. Well, no, he was in Charm, wasn't he? Charmed? He was in Charmed. Yeah. So, so he, he was charmed by... So he became charmed. He did become it. Well, there you go. Hey, look, it's Clovis, and he's looking at things. Uh, oh, can I have that cat too, by the way? And no! She, and she's like, you know, we got to make Clovis a thing. You know what? We should let me wipe my nose. <laughs> There's some blood on that, and I need to wipe that right off my face. Mm, on, her, on her lips and her so, moustache. I think it's easy to say that Clovis is our favourite character. I mean, the cop as well. Yeah, the cop too. They're the same person. It's, re- it's really a duo favourite. Yeah, yeah, it's a duo. But I do want to give a shout-out to um, to Ron Perlman in this movie as as Tomes or Tombs. Some people pronounce it one way, some people pronounce it the other, so I'm like, what's the definitive answer? Well, he, maybe he's Polish. Then. And he's like, you got one hysterical girl here, and she clearly needs a good smack on the bum, and if her parents aren't going to do it, I'd be happy to. And it's like... Who are you? Where did you come from? I was like, there's a draft, there's a cold draft, and he's like, oh, cold draft, you want one? I loved him in this, because he dies or gets knocked unconscious by his arm being broken to the point where the bone comes through, and she smacks him in the head with his own bone. Mm. That's great. I mean, it's not as bad as the cop who was pushed, but it was pretty bad, yeah. The one who was pushed, yeah. yeah there's a couple who just pushed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty fucking bad for him. Yeah. Because he got internal injuries. Yeah, he couldn't get up. So well, you know, the film. fixing a broken arm is easier than fixing bleeding, internal bleeding. Mm. You know, so if anything, Ron Perlman got off pretty lucky in this movie. With just his fingers being bitten off and his... Four, what's the bone in your arm called? I don't know. I'm not a bone expert. Is that your femur? Uh, it's it's your boner. Okay, your boner just rips through your skin and knocks you in the face until blood, until liquid squirts in your eyes. Is it forceps? Or is that a muscle? No, that's a muscle. Those are okay. your forceps and biceps. Talk about the bone, man. You're not a bone expert. Nor you. Well, I got a bone to pick with you. And it's the femur. <laughs> I know the femur's something. Sternum, is that? Maybe, let's just say it's the knee bone. Yeah, knee bone stabs through his arm. <laughs> she got really up there. So, Bartek, where did you expect this movie to start heading around at this point? Because you, you went blind, you were like, fuck, I'm not prepared for this. But but we always have an idea of how movies are going to kind of play out in our heads at some point. Well, I suppose my big question here was Charles Brady was almost the main character of this film up to this point, but right now he seems to be out of action. He did. So is some is he gonna have to step down or is he gonna get better? That was kinda like my thing here. And I was thinking like I don't think he's gonna get better, so oh God. I think maybe maybe he's gonna die. And <sighs> and, you know, then the mother would either have to step up the antagonist role or run away. So I was like, which is it gonna be? Are they going to press the A button to pick this option or the B button to pick that? And they they, they clicked the B button, right? She became the antagonist. Yeah. It's sad, really. It's really sad. 
But, you know, is something else, Bartek? Is it related to being sad? I'm really sad that Ron Perlman reminds me of apes as well as Ben Stiller. <laughs> Dude, I love this. The guy gets a foot trapped and Ron Perlman's like, oh, shit, motherfucking idiot. I'm going to play Hellboy. Goodbye. <laughs> like, just walks away. Imagine that. I love that police woman where she was just like, no shit. Like, like, like the guy's like, yeah, a lot of cats. He's like, no sh- fucking shit. Like, what's her problem? Well, no, I, I think what she was saying is no shit, and there should have been other officers like that. Is true. Cats bury theirs. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. You, you really nailed it. Do mm-hmm. the cats always bury theirs? I think yeah, they're yeah, they're, they're ge- not genetically. They they tend to have the natural habit to bury their their poo poo. Yeah. Someone's hungry, Ryan. It's God's hungry. <laughs> God's hungry for more Stephen King movies about sleepwalkers. In case the audience couldn't hear, there's thunder happening in our universe. In our universe or in the King universe, which is always our universe? In the Spit and Polish Presents universe. I wasn't sure where this movie was going to go. I actually thought, are they going to win? Because they have been leading up as them as uh, protagonists. You know, they're obviously the antagonists, but... We see a lot of them. You know, um, Machen... Machen... Amic has not really been much of a protagonist. She's been a reaction. She's a character who... A protagonist that is very... Um, she reacts to everything that happens to her. She doesn't really take the leap until the end. But that makes... That's what those kind of characters do. They they, they, they take the plunge. She says, No, I'm going to fucking... Fucking thumb your eyeball out, you fucker! And I, I, I applauded that. But then she couldn't drive a car. Because she's only a child. She doesn't know how to drive. This cop was great. I loved Bartek. I really want you to note his face when his gun runs out of bullets. Yeah, he was not. Uh, he has not a, excited about that. He had a great facial acting lesson that day. They're like, "Could you do your face more?" Now, I think he gave the lesson. It was so good. Yeah, these two were actually married in real life. They mm-hmm. divorced in 1992, the year that this film came out. Probably after the shooting was done. The film probably broke up their marriage. You know, because they were like. Well, we did the best performance of our career. And, and the wife said, no, no, we're going to do more better performances. And he said, no, darling, Nightcrawl- uh, Sleepwalkers was the best one. And she goes, you don't even fucking know it's there. You called it Nightcrawler then. We can still keep going. One day they'll make a movie called Nightcrawler and we can play Jake Gyllenhaal's parents and fully explain why he's so fucked up. And he just leaned over and said, that would ruin the film. We don't need to know why Jake Gyllenhaal and Nightcrawler are so fucked up in the 2014 movie. And she's like, how do you know it's going to be made in 2014? It's only 1992 right now. And he was right, you know. I, I think this shot right, that shot we just saw right there might be another reason why this film would be unappreciated. Women in bathtubs, yeah. No, no, no. The other shot, because the one in the mirror, because when I first saw that, I'm like, wait a second, is she on the other side of the bathtub? And I had to rewind it, and I saw, oh, it's a mirror. Ah, right, you in, learned a lesson. In 1992, I don't think people had as much uh, they had ability, mirrors? <laughs> a, much ability to rewind footage. Like, well, they, they did have videotapes. They did have VHSs, yeah, Ryan. But Not I, in the cinema, you're right. But in the cinema, they wouldn't have. And, you know, even like even if they did VHSs, they might not necessarily have been like, oh, let's rewind, let's have another look yeah, at that. Let's they, have might another just, look, yeah. they might just be arrogant as humans are wont to be. <sighs> humans are the worst. And say... She's on the other side of the bathtub. She's probably leaning against the faucet. 
I don't force like it. Force it, force it, whatever you want. Force it, yeah. force it. We'll say force it, force it. That sounds too much like forcep. It sounds a bit like a Bostonian faucet. And you know I'm gonna fucking faucet. I'm gonna kill the faucet. I'm gonna kill you with the faucet. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, God's really tearing down. It's on because us. he heard we're doing sleepwalkers. Like, let me take a piss on your tin roof. <laughs> God. We are doing sleepwalkers! I'm sorry that you couldn't handle it! Yes, it is an unappreciated masterpiece, but whose fault is that? If God creates man, and man destroys God, then who appreciates sleepwalkers? Women. That was a Jurassic Park quote there. There should be like a conspiracy, like God, women, faucets, faucets, put it on a wall, red lines connected to everything. What's the answer? Jesus. Oh, Jesus, yes. He's the hey, how amazing would Jesus be if it popped up in this movie? Like, like if Jesus popped up in this movie as a cat, as a sleepwalker, though. That's why he could raise... That's why he rose from the dead, because he's a sleepwalker. Because they seem immune to any kind of damage outside of cats. Mm. Oh, okay, so that's the connection between sleepwalkers, the different definition in this film, and sleepwalkers, the thing in real life. Is that whole thing of Jesus waking up again? Yeah, yeah. I and like, happening to be a cat. Do we know he's dead? Like, yeah, she glassed Jesus? him in the face. Oh, yeah. No, we know Jesus <laughs> is dead because look at Christianity. Uh, do we know? I like how she really approaches this like a machine. She's like, oh, I'm going to kill you all now. I should have done this to begin with. This is the part where I compliment uh, you. Oh, wait, wait. He, yeah, oh, yeah, he gets He up. gets pushed over. Yeah, yeah, is that the office that you're talking about? Like, yeah, and he gets pushed. Well, she wasn't trying to go on a murder spree at this point. She was just like, okay, I've got to get from A to B. She just spilled her tomato sauce on the... I love, I love this. Good, I hope he dies. Hope you both die and run hell. And she's like, how dare you? As a mother to another mother? That's really rude. Imagine if she ended this conflict with the parent-teacher meeting. <laughs> At the school. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, the, and the, the teacher lived. I mean, he's just got one head. I love this. He's got like a pirate. He can't shoot for shit, but look at his face. Look at his face. I loved his face in this whole entire sequence, but once he runs out of bullets. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that he could very accurately hit the wrong things. Well, maybe he was trying to hit those things. He's like, I fucking hate lamps. I fucking hate a vase. I hate glass. I hate walls. Walls. Maybe he should. <gasps> she Johnny scratched in the room. her on the face, and then she got a punch. Uh, and here is every famous director and people <laughs> ever. You know, there's so many. Like John Landis is there. Like, why is John Landis uh, the director of Oscar? Yeah, is there. This is the year after Oscar. Well, he, his career took a downside, <laughs> and he really needed to do something. I love this. This is, again, we've talked about this in the show. So many movies could be solved with mobile phones. Yeah. This is one that shows you the era where the era, the era, the era, the era in which phones of a mobile variety weren't, you know, couldn't be accessed by everyone. And this, it cost this guy's life to the point in which, you know, no dinner, no dessert. Those are the rules. You know that rule. Damn. And also... He hasn't uh, had dinner. I'm not allowing him dessert. Also, he, you know... I didn't even think society is at the point where we make uh, armor specifically against corn. So well, you know how we have armor piercing, like armor, you know, you know, uh, armor that's you, you, your bullets can't pierce, and they have to make armor piercing bullets. Well, even if we did make 
armor that cannot be pierced by corn cobs. They would make armor piercing corn cobs. That's just how work, work well, how it works. And I think it's worth pointing out, Ryan, like this whole advancement of society. Like you, you like to bring up oh, this would have been so much easier if they had mobile phones. Yeah. Whereas decades ago, they might have said, oh, this might have been so much easier if they had cars like what we have. But Ryan, in about a hundred years, they're going to look back on films that come out tomorrow and maybe even this film and say, oh, this would have been so much easier if they had this device that we can't conceive. It's just a fascinating look at history. Well, in all, yeah. And we can look at things like, oh, Black Annie. They might have Instagram and mobile phones and all that. But they but didn't it, have sex robots. It would be so much easier if they had this thing. And that's the excitement about the world progressing and developing. And I think that's the message of this episode. <laughs> yeah, I just want anyone to note down what happens to the mum in this sequence here? Because I, I didn't pay attention if she just snaps this guy and runs back. Oh, she shoots the police cars and they explode instantly. Okay, so she got a bit of Schwarzenegger blood in her. Schwarz blood, yeah. I just really want to know because I'm like, did the mum die? Because spoiler alert, I her heroine lives at the end and she's like, it's just me and you now, Clovis. I'm like, did your mum die? Like, oh, you mean not the antagonist mum? Yeah, yeah, like her mum. I would have said meow mum. Um. I... So she shoots these cars. The mum's not there because the mum's behind her. Shoots there, maybe, bam. Maybe uh, there's a deleted scene where she goes inside. It's like, oh, mum, you're alive. Because there was a policeman that was holding the mum, being like, ah, ah. I could, no, I guess not. Like, I guess the mum's alive. I mean, she's unconscious, so how does she know it's just her and Clovis, you know? Maybe they should have had a scene at the end of the credits just to establish it. Maybe they did. By the way, I'm alive. The uh, end. Hashtag live. <laughs> This film would have been so much better if they had hashtags and mobile phones. This film would have succeeded at the box office if they included Justin Bieber. If the trailer had, you know, a hashtag for the film. Can you imagine them remaking this film today? The answer is no, because studios don't have the balls to make a film like this. But they would because it would be a remake. And studios love remakes. Well, they haven't remade a Stephen King thing recently. No. I say that even though you've mentioned like three this episode already. <laughs> yeah, it being the specific highest grossing film yeah, of one. this year. Mm-hmm. And then the others are original. Gerald Game, like of, of terms of remake of movies and stuff. I haven't seen Gerald's Game, but I've seen Gary's Game from the, the <laughs> Pixar short. Yeah, how was it? It was really good, but it wasn't a horror. No, Gerald's Game's more of a suspense kind of thing. I don't know, I haven't watched it myself. Look how many cats there are. Okay, but like you're a cat expert. A cat expert. Why don't Thank the cats you. just attack her house? Clovis proves that you can just smash through a window and go in there. It's a very good question, Ryan. Uh, my cat never attacked any sleepwalkers, so maybe they have some sort of procedure or honor system yeah yeah (laughs) well i mean there's a attack right there but yeah but it's because she's broken through the house maybe they're playing mind games yeah cats are very mischievous yeah you you, that is kind of like an idea like you don't really know what a cat's thinking like there, there are other schools of thought that say that cats do show affection by doing things that like we humans don't really perceive as being social um, but in this case, you know, it's a, it's a supernatural horror film in a way. So they do kind of play with the rules a bit about how animals behave. Like there are some times where Clovis glared with, you know, 
disgust or anger or aggression towards um, other times he was hungry to Brady but then there was another part where Brady was invisible and he just simply you know had his paw on the window and looked at him yeah well you know and got called a fucking cat which was very rude yeah fucking hell this guy I mean I'm not a cat person he's meant to be charming yeah, he's meant to be a hero. He does literally get called charming in this film, though. He is charming. Yeah. I mean, I remember that scene we talked about ten minutes ago. It was pretty good. Mm. I'd like to revisit that scene just to remind about how charming he was post trying to rape her. But hey, it's okay. Well, I mean, because fifties rock is playing now. Technically, it wasn't rape, but tried attempt rape. He just wanted the energy, but us as a society could look at that as like a metaphor for rape because you know he's holding yeah. her down, forcing her to do something. Uh, she it's more want. of a simile for rape. <laughs> simile, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just ticking you. That I mean, simile is when you say something's like it. So if it's like rape, then that's a simile. It's like rape. <laughs> but metaphorically, we can just say it. What you were speaking metaphorically, it is spiritually. Rape. It's rape. Spiritually. I don't know where spiritual poetry comes from, man. You'd need to Well, I'm a, I'm a Stephen King expert. He uses spiritual poetry should, should, all the we time. Ma- should we make a limerick about rape? Nah, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to get into that. Here's something I was very concerned about in this. He's alive still, but he's dead. Like, she says he's dead, but then he raises up, and I felt like, is the mum using... Uh, Magic. Yeah, this is one... Th- but that's... then I noted down that I rewound this, and he was breathing when she said he's dead. I did notice that. So he's alive, but now he's dancing like a puppet. Like, this, the yeah. way he's doing... I was like, is he actually alive, or is she controlling him because when, she's crazy? But then we... he transforms. Yeah, when we were talking earlier about like what we thought was going to happen with him... I was hesitating a bit because of this scene. Because you were right, he did feel like he was under some sort of control. And I guess this might be a point where we... Clovis, he's already there! (laughs) And and I guess this would be a point where I would kind of wish there was a bit more Stephen King complicated lore added in. That's lore as in L-O-R-E. No, I want Stephen King's L-A-W lore! Where it's one bullet to the head kind of law. Like, that's him. Like, yeah. Stephen King's like a bullet to the head. It's like, how about this, Ryan? How about we just talk right now about sleepwalkers and list out what their abilities are? Just to, like, get a profile. Um, them. they can pretend to be... They can shapeshift. Yeah, they can shapeshift between human and Jake Lloyd and cats. Um, yep. they can... They're like energy vampires. They suck energy out of your mouth. Um, they pipes. can make themselves and objects invisible. Yeah. They can also shapeshift objects. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, she, he changed the car model, right? Yes, but... Yeah. And color. He has to be in proximity to the car because I think it's like when he went to the graveyard, he was too far away from the car, so it changed back to the yeah. blue car. Was it too far or was that already when he was sucking energy out? <sighs> no, no, no. It was before. Before. Before okay. the energy sucking. Yeah, so we listed like six things there. So that's a lot, and they're invincible to uh, man-made, like man yeah, the bullets injuries. Don't do much. Bullets don't do much. They can be blinded, save, but they don't regenerate. Yeah, they need eyes. Yeah. It seems like they don't regenerate though from these injuries necessarily. Like it's not like he got stabbed in the eye and it grew back. Dead cat because he shot it. I, I didn't notice when I first watched it, but the way she threw that cat was very, like... 
I really like the fact that he sees this and goes, holy shit, and knows a shotgun won't work and runs away cats don't, without it. Yeah, cats don't really, you know, like shotguns. So there's a lot of powers that we just kind of explain. And those are the ones we know about. Yeah, and then we get to this point where... Super strength? Yeah, I guess. He ripped but, the guy's hand off. True. But then we get to this point of like, is is a power happening to make Charles Brady stand up again? Or is that just... Or is he got is, super strong? Or is that like him on his last legs? Like his last stand? Like mm. what's going on? Uh, last stand? Uh, good one. Oh no, his hand! I wasn't referencing anything, but yeah. Stephen King's The Stand. Oh, okay. You could take the credit. Go on. Take it. I like, take it! But Ryan, I like Queen more. Yep, you got it. Nailed it. <laughs> so I like how... Oh, slit the wrist, but it's okay. She's fine. Oh, <laughs> the bear trap, the rabbit trap or whatever on her fucking head. I really was rooting for the sheriff. I was like, yeah. And then a picket fence comes into it through his chest. Mm. Didn't you think that was a cool way to go? She just like fucking spins him. Slap is clearly like a dummy. He died by the conventions of a suburb. Uh, I like how she doesn't know how to start a car because she's a teenager. It's not necessarily like she knows how to drive. We haven't seen her drive. She gets a lift from her dad. Ryan, do you know how to start a car? I'm a teenager, so no. Oh, no. For the listeners of the podcast for the first time, they're like, I didn't realize that Ryan was that young. I'm young! I'm much older than Ryan. (laughs) You know, Bartek is a 48-year-old man, and I'm his 9-year-old buddy. I'm I'm literally half of that age, but yes. (laughs) He's a 48-year-old man, and I'm his 9-year-old buddy. So... (laughs) Um, we are about to end the film, unfortunately. Very sad the film has to end, but it ends We're with not ending it early. Fire. It's, the film's about to end. It ends with Kat scratching this woman to death and she bursts into flames, but then she transforms back into a human self just to say, You killed my son! Just to remind her what Is what he dead? Did. I guess now he is, because she said so. She's an expert on this. Yeah. I mean, she knows... She said he wasn't. She knows sleepwalkers. She is one. Yeah. And the cats just look on. Because they're like, well, we know what we've done. Ah! I'm still alive! How good you, you killed my son, my only son! The final Ah! plot twist. She can drive. No, the final plot twist is his only son. So there's no more of her offspring. I thought it really was a plot twist was she knew how to drive and just was like, I'm just curious. Well, she knows how to reverse and crash into something and then cry. Hey, but Clovis is okay. <laughs> yeah, I know you audience members are saying, hey, does Clovis make it out alive? You're damn right he does. He makes it out great. <gasps> Jump scare Clovis. <laughs> Clovis like, it's okay. I might have scared you, but I am not scary. I'm scared of him. Ryan, scary is like a, a, a simile, an adjective. You can't be you. Well, you can be scared, but you can't. You can be scary, but you can't feel scary. Well, you can't. Can I be can. scarier? I, my argument's falling apart, Ryan. What do we do? What do I do? Well, actually, you just, can you help? What do we do? I don't know. It's just me and you now, Bartek. <laughs> Mum's dead, as far as I know, from Ryan, my unconscious moment. Ryan's holding me like Clovis right now. Or is Clovis holding us like he was being held by her? Little do we know that this is taking place in a universe where these people are giants and the cats are giant for us, mm. but they're normal size for each other. Like, like you know, it's like the cats are small. Like, this is taking the same universe as the BFG. Big, big fucking gun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big fucking gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you, you nailed it. Thank, thank you, Rusty Schwimmer, as housewife. What about Bojese Christophe Herr? I loved them too. And, of course... Sparks. Sparks as Clovis. Can we give a round of applause to Sparks? Yay! Excellent. Now it's time for our reviews and rating. I'm going to go straight into it. Night, no, you know, like this was a movie that really, really needed to be called Nightcrawler, so I stopped saying that accidentally. No, Sleepwalkers, 1992. Think of it. It was a simpler time. It was an interesting time for movies. Lots of interesting movies came out around that time and before. What a time to be alive. You go to the cinema and there's a new Stephen King movie out. One not based on a book. That's pretty rare. Even rarer, he wrote the script himself. What excitement you must feel. You're a Stephen King fan. I mean, who isn't? He's the master of horror. You want to see this movie. It has actors that you're not aware of, but... You're too young to see it. It's... It's 18 plus. It's the first ever movie that you snuck into that's R-rated. How cool is that? You see a movie that's R-rated, 18 plus, you snuck in. By yourself. You managed to get in. How neato is that? And you see a movie. Your first 18 plus movie and it involves incest. A cat named Clovis. And. And. It involves 1950s rock. It screams teenagers of the 90s. That Nothing says only 90s kids remember. Like incestual 1950s rock and roll soundtrack. With the guy who played Otho from Beetlejuice. And you're sitting in the audience and you say, Whoa, this movie is so wizard. And little do you know, George Lucas is behind you. And he, and he, went, and he, and just he went, likes what you just said. And he just went, I gotta remember that kid. And then he looks up at the screen, he sees Jake Lloyd, and he's like, Wait, that kid or this kid? That kid, that but, kid's so wizard. But hold on a sec. You take off your hat and trench coat that you made to look like a businessman adult. And you are Jake Lloyd. And you turn around to George and you say, It is me! Hire me now! And he goes, Maybe. I need to see more works of yours. And that's when you hear, I'll hire him. (laughs) You can play my son in a movie where I get to be the Christmas man. Jingle all the way. And then he says, You. That's you. You say, Are you an angel? (laughs) Ten stars. (laughs) Bartek! Only 90s kids remember that experience. <laughs> this is one of the few times where I don't want to give a rating other than just 10 stars. 10 stars out of 10. Bartek! Sleepwalkers was a very important film for the world, I think. Yeah. I think that it did pioneer some conventions of horror, representations of cats in film... Representations of incest in films. Not enough incest outside Deliverance. Without necessarily trying to make it overcomplicated. You mentioned Zack Snyder before. The Schneider! Or Schneider, I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, no, it is Snyder. Oh, it is? Yeah, S-Y-N. Zach Snyder. Um, (laughs) I'm not too familiar with all his works, but I've seen Man of... Did he make Man of Steel? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. Man yeah. of Steel and the one where the bat guy and the super dude, you know, fight and then die. Oh, fight. Watchmen, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and those films had a lot in them to the point where I thought you should not have a lot in it because it makes it too much and too much is no good. And then when the film ends with a weird joke, it feels out of place. And I think that films that try to become too complicated can almost be compared to perversions of the media. Definitely. The media of films. <gasps> this film stayed in the realms of simplicity while also being a, despite unappreciated, fondly remembered masterpiece that some people have seen. And I've seen many YouTube comments on the trailer of this film. It's okay, film. don't cry. On <laughs> <laughs> the trailer of this film, who have talked okay, about buddy. that they've seen the film and they've spent their whole lives trying to remember what the film was. And when they saw the trailer, it was that moment of, aha, that's it. That's it. Gotcha. You didn't run away from me this time. You got Elvis. me. Meow. Meow indeed. I think that. Even if you're not someone who's seen the film or is familiar with it or Stephen King or anything like that, I think all of that can be relevant but can also be irrelevant. I think that if you watch it, watch it with any level of expectations that you can. Ryan had some. I had some that were completely debunked within the first couple of frames. And, right there, bam! And you know what? You're you're both you're you're both you're all thinking that like, wow, Ryan and Bartek. There's only two are- listeners, so you can say you're both. <laughs> Ryan and Bartek are so different. One's nine, one's forty-eight, and they both came in with different things. But what's at the end? We both loved it. Loved it. We both thought it was amazing film. I can't wait to sneak into it. An amazing film. Asterix, because I made a mistake. I forgot the keyword. Fucking idiot. Um, and film very good. I like very much. So the rating that I will have to give this... F- <laughs> Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so I'm still thinking about how mine turned out as, as a review out with Jake Lloyd. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> the rating that I will give this film is 10 Wizards out of Annie. Whoa! And you know what? IMDB had some very similar things to say, and I imagine YouTube did as well. Yes. This first review I've got right here, from f- all the way from Finland... Whoa. It's called Silly and Fun. It's seven stars, written in 2008. And it's a review that may contain spoilers. I want to hear it, right? Because I heard that Finland has a good educational system. Prepare to be educated. I'm ready. Although written by Stephen King, an overrated writer if there ever was one, this is actually quite entertaining B-movie. Vam- vampiric incestuous creatures who live in the candlelit house and drain the life forces of virgins... Great graveyard scenery, heroic cats, and a very pretty virgin. The soundtrack even has Enya's music, an idea which I found quite nice. They put a bunch of full like dots there, so I had to do the space there. Oh, but super ellipses. Quite nice. I'm sure King is disappointed to this little movie, although it has crappy dialogue and ideas, all of them from a true and tedious king... king potboiler. (gasps) Albeit, Sleepwalkers, if I'm understood right, is a script without any novel or short story behind it. Still, those touches of sewer odours show he didn't use a ghostwriter after all in this one. 
After all? Yeah. Okay. They were worried that there might have been a ghost rider on this one, but you didn't. And then I have another one here. There's no star ratings on it. It's called... um. It's called Madchen Amic Dates a Cat-Hating, Mother-Loving Freak of a Monster. This is written in 2003 by Dr. Gore. So I'm imagining Al Gore wrote this. <laughs> and this review may contain spoilers, so let's hear what Al Gore had to say about this. <clears throat> and it's going to be the truth. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Stephen King must have been petting his cat one day while listening to Sleepwalk by Santo and Johnny when he was struck with inspiration. Cats, 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 cats. I love cats. I love this song. How can I get these two loves in one movie? Thus, Sleepwalkers was born. How come this guy didn't become president? I don't know. (laughs) Impeached. Two freaky monsters move to a small town so they can suck the, the life out of a virgin girl. They both despise cats and love each other. Yes. Mum and son getting it on like all monsters should. <laughs> the son finds the last supermodel virgin on earth. The romance is brief as the life sucking takes precedent over anything sexual. Besides, he's got a hot mum aching at home. There is much blood and mayhem as super virgin tries to fight off the freaks with the help of an army of angry cats. Go Clovis! Team Clovis. I enjoy this simple little movie. Monsters find Virgin, Virgin fights back, and the cats go wild. There was plenty of blood and guts to keep a smile on your face. Not on you, sir. <laughs> Speaking of smiling, imagine Mad- Machen Amick is at her hot babe peak in this one. She has one move that lets you know she's a shy, sweet girl. She bites her bottom lip and then slides her teeth slowly off. (laughs) Reminder, America, you picked George Bush. (laughs) Over this guy. George Bush Jr. This move happens at least a dozen times. I could have watched it a dozen more. Mmm, virgin teasing. (laughs) (laughs) The monster was hooked at that point. So was I. One last thought. What decade is this supposed to be set in? The main monster loves sleepwalk. And she is shaking her groove thing to do you love me? In other scenes, there will be loud modern rock music blasting away. King obviously loves his 50s rock and or roll, but I had a hard time imagining a 90s girl doing the twist and the mashed potato. Bartek, Al Gore even had a review on this one. But what did YouTube have to say? Did George Bush Jr. come in there and say 9-11 was not an inside job, but Sleepwalkers definitely was for when it did not get appreciated? Yeah, but I didn't include that one. Okay. It was, was too controversial. That. I will say, though, I did like that song, though, but I've only heard the Blues Brothers version. Oh, uh, well, Do You Love Me? Do You Love Me? Uh, I love this movie. No matter critics! Exclamation mark, and then in brackets says, critics are often just nerds. Might be intelligent, but super... superficial... I don't know if they spelt superficial correct, but don't worry. They didn't. And often it's the same movie that critics hate and people adore. 
Actually, good critics are rare. So this comment was mostly about critics. Take that, critics! She gave a low rating to critics, but she loved the movie no matter critics. One star, critics. The next comment is, I saw this when I was younger, and you don't know how long you've been trying to find out what this movie was called. So see, that's something like I mentioned before. There are many people that feel this way. And there are many people who feel enlightened when they did rediscover this unappreciated masterpiece. I'll teach them. Don't fucking teach her. I saw this when I was six or seven. Smiley face with three closed brackets. It's like a Whoa, smiley face and with a, a double chin. chin. Double chin. Double. <clears throat> I got scary dreams because of this. I got scared too, buddy. <laughs> and... Uh, Give me another. All right. I've only got four left, but this one is... The first time that I had seen this movie was in the year 1996. I was just nine years old, and it was very interested. And, no, I was not scared. I was excited because it was my first horror movie. And I love the movie from then until now. I can't get enough of it. Wow. Well, Vartex, someone couldn't get enough of this movie either, because I have an eight-star review here. It's called... I lied! It does have to hurt. That's a quote. And it's from 2017. So this this was a really fresh review. And the review may contain spoilers. <clears throat> I was nine when I first saw this movie. Couldn't be the same person, Vartek. A friend recorded it from TV with his VCR and then brought it to my place. In brackets. It was ages ago, as you can see. <laughs> it was pretty scary, or at least that's what the nine-year-old me thought. Last night, I saw it again for the first time in centuries. <laughs> it went well, kinda. For some reason, I forgot about the relationship between mother and son and found myself a bit disturbed by it through the whole movie. It was probably because of how they portrayed it. The story was actually pretty interesting, although I felt they didn't explain it that well. The Rose, for example, why the dead girl at the beginning had one and why did the mother... And why did the mother gave one to Tanya? The acting was good. Everyone gave their best with what they had. But as much as I love Madchen Amick, I'm pronouncing it different every time, she wasn't that convincing as the leading slash final girl. It's like they wanted her to act as dumb as possible. The effects, however, were great. They might look dated nowadays, but they were cool for the period. The sleepwalkers were menacing, but they kind of looked like a giant sphinx cat. The scene where Tanya is at the Brady's house and they reflect on the mirror killed me! I screamed! This, the film's length was okay. Not too long, but not too short, and the pace, well... It was good for the most part. Everything was fine until Charles attacks Tanya and killed the officer in the cemetery. Yeah, but it's like, that was really sad. It went completely apeshit from there. It's like they thought, okay, the movie started an hour ago and we haven't had enough action, so let's do it all together right now. It was so nonsensical. The mother went to Tanya's house, killed the officers, blew up some cars, killed Tanya's father, threw her mother through a window. By the way, I laughed a lot at that. And stabbed the other officer with an ear corn. No vegetables, no dessert. 
Those are the rules. I couldn't catch a break, to be honest. It was all too much in so little time. And then the final showdown. It was hysterical. For reasons unknown to me, I found the fight scene with the cats really funny. With the neck snapping and everything. I gotta admit, I was really scared when the mother told Tanya to dance with the dying Charles. Oh, I almost forgot about the cameos. I love Stephen King's scene. All in all, it was a pretty entertaining movie and I would definitely watch it again. Well, it wasn't the same person, right? Because this person said, I was not scared. I was excited. I noted that. I noted that. What else did YouTube have to say? <clears throat> Third last comment. Dun, dun, dun. This is a top 10 video, everyone. I hope yeah. you enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> top 10 reviews. Number three. I made my BF watch this yesterday, and now he thinks he's Charles Brady now. That's he not should, a good thing. <laughs> he should be him for Halloween. That's not a good thing. He thinks he has sex with his mum? <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's only number three. <laughs> no number... And coming in at number two. Over to you, Bert Newton. Just watch this movie. Lol, it's fantastic comedy film. A lot of weed and watch this movie. You will laugh all movie. A lot of weed? How much is weed, though? How much is a lot of weed? Oh, dude, it's a lot. Oh, fuck. I, I, I can't afford that. I'm just a mere podcaster. I didn't smoke this a lot of weed, so I'm sorry. Hey, Ryan, I heard from the grapevine that you've only got one review and I've only got one comment left. Well, I think you better read yours first because we've got to know who the top one comment is. <coughs> Number one. I was trying to remember this movie. Thanks for putting the trailer up. Two carrots, you know, the shift six thing. Saw most of this years ago with my stepbro and a few of his friends. They called me a sleepwalker for a while because I like cats so much and they would run away from me. And then That's not how it works. Uh, greater than, underscore greater than. Like your face, it's like... Eh. Okay, and that's it? Number one of the IMDb comments. Handsome, sexy man of her dream turns out to be a killer and a cat hater. Eight out of ten stars. From 2003... From a person in Auckland, New Zealand. Wow. <clears throat> Whoa! Is one thing I can say about this movie. Personally, I'm one of those people who loves cats, so that would have been a big downside to the movie. But I loved it how the cats from every were got their revenge at the end. <laughs> I liked the movie, but I have to admit... It was because I found Brian Krause, who played Charles Brady, very, very irresistible. I guess the lust got the better of me for watching this movie. There was one thing that I was disappointed over, though. I've watched Charmed before. <laughs> and Brian Krause... And Brian Krause is married to Holly Marie Combs. His kissing scenes was okay in Sleepwalkers, but really bad compared to his kissing scenes with Holly Marie Combs. I don't know if it is because Krause and Combs have great chemistry, or maybe more it a bit... Have great chemistry, or maybe more it a bit more. That was the only disappointment in the movie, but I guess it was made up for with Brian Krause and those tight-ass jeans he was wearing in the movie. Meow. If you're using... If you are to you, If you are... Oh, God. If, if you are... Use... Oh, if you are used to seeing 
Brian Krause as Holly Marie Combs' heavenly husband and the father of her son, you're in for a big surprise with this movie. <laughs> he was nothing like Angel Boy. Although, now that I think about it, it would have been great to see Krause's character on Charm taken over by an evil, by evil making him something like he was in Sleepwalkers. I also have to say the music was great in this movie too. And that's it. No, that person really likes Charmed, I reckon. Ah, we all like Charmed. Never seen it. You, no, change your answer. You've seen it and you like it. I love Charmed. Everyone loves Charmed. Yeah. It's Everyone loves Charmed, yeah? It's better than Buffy. Is it better than Bewitched? Everything's better than Charmed, but nothing's better than Charmed at the same time. It's that kind of TV show. Like, ah. Charmed's one of those shows where everyone loves it and no one remembers it enough. Charmed has Australia's um, favourite actor, Julian McMahon, in it as equivalent of the devil. I don't know what countries liked actresses. Actor. Julian McMahon is a man. I Yeah, well, I knew they liked actors, but... Actresses no. is what yeah, I didn't yeah. know. No, we don't like them. Julian McMahon is the son of a prime minister. Mm. Yeah, Jul- James McMahon. Yeah, Julia, it's a daughter, Ryan. Sorry. <clears throat> you guys, we've come to the, ep- the end of the episode. It's a tragedy, but it's an also an upbeat thing. We're doing spooky month, you know. Stay tuned, because we're going to have some more scary, suspenseful, arousing films coming up for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you want to help us out, you know, give us those, you know, this is about a show where we're wrapping up now, and I've got to say, give us the like on the Facebooks, or, or you know, the rating on the on the iTunes, or the, the you know, the message on the MySpace. We don't have a MySpace, but imagine if we did, you know, you yeah, make us one. Write something for us. Make us a MySpace page, you know, and I'll be honest, if you're going to have a MySpace page for us, and I haven't looked at MySpace in a while, but if they still have that thing where you get to have, like, a song on your page. Oh, yeah. Could you please choose an Enya song? Because this episode has Enya in it, apparently, in the movie. And we love Enya. Enya, we would, phone me. We would also accept any song from the Annie soundtrack or Child Stars on your television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or if, um, you know, you know... Or, or, or a cut of Ryan going, douche. From our two episode. Yeah, any episode where we rap, put that on there, you know, if you want. I'm not pushing you. But I'm not pulling you either. You guys, as always, have been fantastic, amazing, superfluously stupendous, wonderful listening people. Did you say wonderful? I did say wonderful. That's really nice. And of I you. called them people. Yeah. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> I fucking hate those guys. But they're wonderful. They're okay. Yeah, uh, wonderful. As always, remember to be kind to each other. And you know, a lot of horror movies end with like a twist. It's like, oh, sudden bad ending. So I, I guess we have to do that for this episode now too. Not everyone. This movie had a happy ending. Well, this episode is, you know, because it's a spooky month. We have to scare people. Oh, okay. So, so okay. I'm going to make a big confession that will scare the shit out of the audience. Uh, I'm scared already. <clears throat> meow. 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 Um, meow. Meow. Uh, meow. 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 A meow's a meow? <gasps> meow. Yeah, meow, meow. Get the meow out of here!